to the audio event of the century, featuring two lifelong best friends. We love the Leafs. We love each other. But most of all, we love William Nylander. Welcome to the Buds All Day. Hello and welcome to the Buds All Day post-game reaction podcast. I'm Sats Mundine here with Lebda's Legacy. How's it going, everyone? And we're going to recap the Leafs' 5-1 win over the Vancouver Canucks tonight. Now, the Leafs were able to get two goals from Austin Matthews, as per usual. They got a goal from Adam Brooks, another from Galchenyuk, and then they got their empty netter from Joe Thornton, while the Canucks got their lone goal from Tanner Pearson. Lebda, what did you think of tonight's tilt? Yeah, it's kind of one of those ones again tonight where you can't really read too much into it. The Leafs came in, or Vancouver came in into Toronto. Like, Toronto's clearly the superior team. And I think we just saw a team that was like, you know what? We're much better, and we don't really need to go 110%, or we don't need to go balls to the walls tonight. We'll just let our skill do what we do, and we'll, you know, kind of eke out the win without, uh, you know, exuding too, too much from ourselves. So, that's just kind of the impression I got from the game where it was just not, you know, 100% Leafs that we're used to seeing, but it's good enough to get the job done. So with that being said, the deserved to win meter for the Leafs was at 60%. Uh, expected goals on the evening were 3.2 for the Leafs versus 2.2 for the Canucks. Possession percentage for the Leafs at 47%. Scoring chances uh, four for the Leafs was at 52%. High danger Corsi four was at a surprising 46% for the Leafs. And the expected goals on the evening as a whole for the Leafs was at 54%. So, you know, kind of middle-of-the-road stats. It's not often we see the Leafs kind of losing that super, super high-danger chance uh, battle on the night. But Jack Campbell is really good for the Leafs tonight. So that made up for maybe some of their lackadaisical play out there. Yeah, it's it's just one of the it's, – it's just like a get-me-to-the-playoffs game, I feel. I feel like that's what the last few might be. Maybe – Maybe save for those games against Montreal. We'll see. We'll see the intensity level for those. But the Leafs have clearly locked up first place in this division. They're going to face either Montreal or Winnipeg at this point. It's just any game where Campbell plays good, everybody stays healthy, is a win for me, regardless of the result. And they had the win tonight too. Now it, it does kind of like we said. It's it's kind of been good to have that higher intensity level in games like they had against Winnipeg and stuff to keep the juices flowing. But at least they're still winning these games. They still know what they have to do. I'm sure if a team like Montreal or Winnipeg in these last few games here comes and turns it up and, and jacks up the intensity, the Leafs will be able to do that as well. So, yeah, not not a ton to really draw from this game, to be honest. No, I think us sitting here and getting really, really into little things about the game and kind of overhyping and overanalyzing would just be a little bit foolish on our end just because of all the reasons we highlighted before. It's just... One of those games, they already clinched. They're looking like they got first place pretty much in the bag. You know, Vancouver's, we all know what they went through. They're coming to town. They just beat them the other night. So it's just one of those things where it would just be a little bit silly for us to really do a big deep dive and start talking about all these, like, side narratives on this game and start freaking out about things. So, yeah, I think I think the takeaway is just the Leafs did what they needed to to win, and and that was that. Yeah, and that might have been one of the complaints in previous years where they they had those set-in-stone matchups against Boston. Like, you knew two months out before the playoffs that it was going to be them versus Boston. It's kind of similar now to where maybe they don't know for sure who they're facing, but they know that they're going to be the first seed. 
But when they would have those those kind of games in the past under Babcock, it kind of seemed like they would lose a lot more down the stretch. They would they would have a really hot start each year and then kind of come down the end with with that lower intensity and they would just lose lose a Tuesday night game to Carolina or something like that. It's nice to see that even without their their best effort, they're still just they're they're just a very professional team right now. Yeah, and I think a lot of that is, you know, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and John Tavares and William Nylander just having really good years and being really good good hockey players. But also, you can't forget about the goaltending. Like, Jack Campbell was fantastic again tonight. He was great. 26 saves on 27 shots for a 962 save percentage. Looked very comfortable in his net. There were a few times where I know we had a Matthews turnover. I think it was in the first period. He made a big save off Pearson. Nothing nothing you can complain about. The, the one goal he gave up, was it the prettiest goal? No, but certainly not something I'm going to get into criticizing him for when he plays like this. And it's just the most important thing for me for these last few games is to keep him rolling. And he has been, to be honest, on fire lately. Yeah, these last couple of starts for him have been exactly what, you know, we wanted to see out of him where he he rebounded from a couple tough games and now he's, boom, stringing really, really good performances for and yeah, like that Pearson goal, it, it is a bit of a tough one. Like that's a shot right off the post. So one, it's a good shot by Pearson, but also I, Campbell had a lot of traffic in front. So I don't even know if he really saw it. And if a goalie can't see it, then you're just hoping you're in good enough position. So it hits you. Uh, but yeah, so like on that one, Tavares loses the face off and what he does and which he, I think is actually supposed to do. So he'll follow the opposing centerman to the net. The centerman drives the net. Now, fortunately, Travis Dermott was already there covering that guy. So then along the boards where Pearson has the puck, no one's out there quick enough to be able to kind of get a body more in front of the shot or put some pressure on him. And Pearson has kind of all the time in the world to snipe it through a bit of traffic and go posting in. Yeah. And then outside of that, very, very solid night from Jack. He he didn't have any real big gaffes playing the puck. So that's always good to see. Just playing with a lot of confidence right now. And that is so, so crucial for the Leafs. I think Fred started skating and practicing this week too, so we might see him down the stretch. I'm not totally sure how that's going to work, but there is no question, no debate, no anything about who is starting the Leafs' first playoff game. It's going to be Jack Campbell. Yeah, I think to suggest otherwise is just foolish at that point. I know they were talking a little bit about the broadcast. This is a big week for Fred Anderson and his kind of recovery. They're saying that, you know, how this week goes will kind of dictate if he is able to get a couple games in towards the end of the season. If we see Fred Anderson get no NHL games in, there's no chance we're seeing him start a playoff game unless it's just an absolute collapse. So that is kind of something maybe to look out for and see if, you know, Frederick Anderson is practicing and we're seeing him progressing well and maybe he does get a start here on out. But even if he does, I don't think Jack Campbell's losing the start for game one at least. Yeah, I'm not totally sure how it'll work with Fred getting into the lineup with the cap situation because if Hyman didn't return, then he definitely would be able to squeak in a game if he were healthy. But I think it's looking like Hyman should be back relatively soon. And as crazy as it sounds, I think it's more important to get Zach Hyman back in the flow of things than it is to get Freddie Anderson a game. It, like Fred Anderson has been a bad NHL goalie for two years. so And Zach Hyman's part of the one of the top five lines in hockey. So I think you hit the nail on the head. Like if you have a choice between Zach Hyman getting a couple of games in, get back up to game speed before the playoffs or Fred Anderson, you're taking Hyman every time. With that said, you know, Brendan Pridham is the, uh, the cap God. So 
Who knows what they could work? They might be able to get Freddie in. I would love to see Fred get one game, you know, maybe build some confidence, get something going before the playoffs. But if not, if he has to step into a playoff series cold, it is what it is. That like things are clearly going wrong at that point, anyways. So why not throw the wild card of Freddie in there? Let's just hope he doesn't have to uh, play any games in the playoffs. But you got to think if the Leafs are are going to go on a four round run, I'd say there's a, a fair chance we do see Freddie at some point. But you never know if Campbell just continues to play like this, and they win rounds. You know they can win the first round in five games or something like that, where where they're getting a nice little gap between the series. It might not be that taxing of a schedule for uh, for Jack Campbell. Now that <laughs> that might be looking ahead of myself a little bit because I'd probably take a seven game first round win at this point. I mean, absolutely. But hey, we we dream to dream, right? So yeah, I, the Fred Anderson situation is really really tough because. We know hockey's a bit of this weird up and down sport, and sometimes things go well, sometimes things don't. So, having a backup goalie in the playoffs that can perform at you know a good level is very big. So, if Fred Anderson can kind of recapture that you know 2017 2018 Fred form that in the playoffs, then the Leafs are absolutely set. It's just that is a huge, huge question mark. Now, one one question I would have let, let me just pose this to you. Say we're in the first round. Say, I know it's it's getting ahead of myself, but say we're up 3-0 on Montreal in the first round and Fred hasn't gotten a game yet and Campbell's kind of looking a little tired. He, he's he, he's not feeling 100%. We know he's been nursing that injury. Would you throw Fred into a game in that kind of scenario where the series is clearly not really in the balance? I don't think so. Just because the playoffs are weird, man. Hockey players are weird, weird individuals. Like... Imagine if you lose that game because Fred has a stinker and then you go on and then boom, Montreal takes the next one. Oh, Montreal also takes the next one. And it just starts this weird slide, even if it's not, you know, Fred's fault in the follow-up games or whatever. I just, I think playoffs are a lot about momentum and, you know, you start with your foot on the gas and you keep it going all the way. So I, I just don't think I'd, you know, really risk it that much. I think I'd have to agree. The only way it was kind of in the phrasing of my question too. The only way I'm doing that is if Campbell is like, Hey, I need a break. Like I can't handle every other night kind of thing where you're just keeping him fresh. But yeah, that would be, that would be playing with fire at that point. But let's, let's hope that's a choice Keith has to make because three nothing sounds pretty sweet. Yeah. I'd take three nothing uh, if he gave it to me right now. So who knows? Now that, uh, that one nothing lead for Vancouver didn't last too long because Poppy did what Poppy does, and that is snipe. Yeah, that's a, it's a goal scorer's goal, but it, it comes along with some really good work by his line mates too. So uh, the puck, Marner dumps the puck in. Great, great job by Nick Foligno retrieving the puck. He pokes it over to Mitch Marner, slides it right to Matthews, and Mar- Matthews goes barring in for, for his first of the game. And you know, you give Matthews that kind of time and that little bit of space, and he's he's going to find the back of the net. It's crazy because there was not even time or space. He's just superhuman. Like, he's not even fair. He's a cheat code. Him and McDavid just on another planet this year. Like, to, to catch the puck back behind him like he did and just get rid of it so quickly, it's insane. Like, I don't – I can't – every night I just can't believe what I'm watching with this guy. And then it was, like you said, a good – play from everybody on that line with that nice play on the boards by Felino to get it to Marner. That's four assists in four games for Felino. So, Hey, the man, the man might be, might not be putting up heavy skill points, but he's still loading the score sheet. 
I mean, there is a chance I'd have four points in four games playing with Marner and Matthews, but hey, Felino has looked good. He hasn't been kind of that offensive black hole that I know you and me were really worried about when we heard some of the rumors of Felino going into the top six and even when the trade happens. So it's really good for Felino to kind of prove to his new team that, hey, I am good defensively. And I know my numbers may have suggested that I wasn't good offensively, you know, this season uh, in Columbus. But I can at least keep up with these guys and at least keep them producing and not not be that kind of waiter, that anchor on that line. And yeah, we did see that earlier in the year with Thornton on that line too. They were still able to produce with Jumbo. Jumbo was putting up like point a game and it was probably similar kind of points where it's a secondary assist. Just keep the puck moving, get it to one of the other two and let them work their magic. So I don't, like we said, we think Hyman will be back on that line going forward. But if Felino could pull this kind of stuff with the with the second line, that's that's a solid option if Galchenyuk falters. Now, Galchenyuk did have a good night tonight. We'll get into that later. But first, I would like to get into that second goal. Because, again, first line just clicking. Marner with a great steal off the forecheck. Makes a centering pass to uh, to Matthews in the slot, who shoots it. This one had a little bit of luck involved. Bounced off someone and in. But when you're good, you're good. Hey, when you're good, you're good. I don't know if this has been talked about, but I'm, I'm sure it has been in Vancouver. Are you allowed to steal the puck from a 35-year-old who had COVID three weeks ago? Or is that, you know, a big no-no too? Yeah, I know Mitch Mitch did go pretty hard on the forecheck on him on that play. I mean, Thomas Drance, is he okay? Like, is that is, is that allowed? Is that Are allowed? we allowed to touch people who had COVID three weeks ago? Yeah, Vancouver should, fans? Should, because should Marner be suspended or Because similar similar to the fight with Simmons, I, I'm pretty sure Edler agreed to play this game. So I, I think it's pretty fair to steal the puck off him. Now, I could be wrong, and I'm sure there are gonna be about seventy thousand tweets from Vancouver fans angry at the fact that we forechecked on him, but hey, it goes in. Two one leaves, baby. Yeah, I'll take it, man. Like there, there's no complaining from my side. If you're not fit enough to play the game, don't play. Same goes for that Wayne Simmons fight. We don't need to get too too much into it. But hey, he could have said no, he didn't. Same thing here. He could have sat out the game, but you know, clearly he didn't. And clearly Mitch Marner is a much better hockey player at this point. And uh yeah. That about says it. Now, the, the Leafs scored that goal early in the second, and then it took all the way to the third period for the next goal to go in, and it was a tipped goal by Adam Brooks off a Justin Hall point shot. Yeah, it was really good works by or good work by Brooks at the start of that play to kind of get in on the forecheck, start grinding along the boards. Good work by Joe Thornton, too. Them two work the puck loose. I think Thornton get, is the one who gets it back to Justin Hall. Nice point shot from Justin Hall. Perfect spot. Adam Brooks is in the slot. Really nice, typical shot, and Brooks tips it home, and it, you know, kind of dips on Demko and goes right by him. So, again, highlighting the fantastic play of Adam Brooks that he doesn't look like he's slowing down. So, at this point, he's he's not coming out of the lineup for me, at least. Yeah, and this night was not that line's best night from a possession perspective. They only had, I think, about 25% of the expected goals while they were on the ice. Sorry, 32%. Uh, Brooks himself had an individual number around 30%, so... They weren't really playing well, but they put the puck in the net. And when, when your fourth line can do that, like they've been doing so consistently, that is that is absolutely massive. And if we get into a playoff series and you can count on your fourth line for a goal every other game, that that can be the difference between winning and losing a series. That's big, especially if we look at the Columbus series. The Leafs' biggest problem was scoring. So if you have a fourth line that can put the puck in the back of the net, 
it's just massive for your team, especially when that fourth line is Joe Thornton, Jason Spezza. Like, how big is a Joe Thornton and goal in the playoffs going to be in kind of a crunch time scenario, right? Like, that's just going to get everyone going nuts, fans, players, coaching staff, GMs. Like, everyone – like, I can't think of a t- thing that would kind of uplift the, the Toronto Maple Leaf kind of fan base and players more than a Joe Thornton goal to either win a game or to get a game tied late or something like that. So when it is – you know, kind of those players on your fourth line who can chip in and, and can produce. It's just such a big boost for the Leafs. You know, it's coming at some point. You know, Spetzer or Thornton is going to have a big moment in these playoffs. I would, I bet a lot of money on that happening. I really, I would love to see one of those guys end the series against Montreal. Like that would just warm my heart to another level. Or Galchenyuk ending it against Montreal would be pretty hilarious too. Yeah. And speaking of Galchenyuk, he finally scored tonight. Now, I, it's kind of a tough one because he's really been struggling lately. So, you know, who knows? Maybe that goal can get him off the slide. Um, but that goal, he did have a good shift. He tips the puck in, gets a good forecheck. That line creates a turnover. It goes to Tavares. Fleets Nylander. And when the puck went to Nylander, it was like, okay, it's a goal. No worries. Nylander kind of makes a little move, goes in, tries to shoot five-hole. Demko makes a save. But then Galchenyuk shows kind of a little bit of hard work, a little bit more you know, determination to get to the puck than the Vancouver players, and he pops home the rebound. So hopefully that kind of ends Galchenyuk's real big slide, and he can keep playing with some more confidence and keep rolling and start, you know, get, getting pucks that are going in the net. Yeah, and you can tell he's been he's been hearing the discourse about him lately because he celebrated that goal like it was a playoff goal. Like, it was a goal to make a game against a COVID-riddled Vancouver team 4-1, and he was fist-pumping and he, you could tell he's relieved because he, he needed that. He's been, he's, I think he only had two goals in 19 games coming into that. So he had not been scoring. That line had been doing a lot better without him on it. But tonight he did perform a lot better. That line had an expected goals percentage of 69% tonight. So a huge bounce back for that line. And if, if that line can perform, I'm, I'm curious to see it more against Montreal rather than a poverty team like Vancouver because it's really hard to get a fair assessment of, of how good you are against a team like that. So I'll be interested on Monday to see if he can carry this into that game and if that line can keep clicking. Because if he can provide solid play on that second line, being able to open up Felino to play on a shutdown third line would be very, very big for this team. And then, speaking of absolutely critical Joe Thornton goals, he was able to extend the lead to 5-1 with an empty netter for the ages. Now, Lebda, that wrapped up the game 5-1, so it's time to get into our stars of the game. And tonight, I'm feeling gracious. I'll give you the first pick again. Hey, thank you very much, sir. I, I, I do appreciate first pick. Now, tonight's kind of another one of those ones where maybe it wasn't the Leafs' greatest night, and maybe the team as a whole didn't blow them out of the well they did on the scoreboard but blow them out of the water but there's still quite a few guys we could have chosen for the player of the game now I'm going to give one to a guy that's probably been in third place for a bunch of times we've talked about him a lot and that's Mitch Marner just like magic just like magic little fingers in my thumb and then I slap uh, 57% possession on the night 75% of the expected goals individually for Mitch Marner tonight had assists on both Matthews goals. He penalty kills. 
you know, he was in on the four check tonight. Like it's just a fantastic night for Mitch Marner. So like it's finally time we give Mitch a little bit, uh, a little bit of credit here on the podcast. Yeah, he absolutely deserves it. That that second Matthews goal was really nice, like kind of lucky on Matthews end, and it was more more so created by Marner's really good forecheck. He those two are just flying, man. It is it is special, special to see. Those two compared to McDavid and Dreisaitl, like I know that's probably the number one tandem in hockey, but they got to be pushing for number two. I know you got you got Mc, McKinnon Rantanen up there too, but my word, are those two dynamic together? Now I'm kind of in a tough spot with my star because you've you've made the easy choice with the first one. It's hard not to give a guy who got two goals the first star of the night. So I'm gonna do it. Sorry, Jack Campbell, you were good. You only let in one goal, but Big Poppy did what he does, and he scored his 37th and 38th goals of of the season. This man is on a mission. He is probably going to score a goal a game in the playoffs, and he melts my heart every time I see him. Now, I am very hopeful that he can get to the 40-goal mark in the next couple of games here, so that because I think that is something that's probably relatively important to him. So maybe then at that point he decides to take a game or two off. Uh, it has been nice to see the way that Keith has kind of lowered his ice time. Like tonight, only 16 minutes for Matthew, so you can tell they are kind of load managing him a bit, which is huge, but... I'd like to even stretch that further and give the man a night or two off. Same with Marner. Yeah, just give him a night, maybe two games at most in the next, um, or in the remaining games. Uh, but yeah, Austin Matthews, like it's it's hard not to give him a start every single time he's on the ice. Every single shift, he just does something, whether it's you know a little deke or a good defensive play, or he throws the puck in the net. Like there's just so many highlight real things that this guy does. It's just. It's really a treat to watch, and I know we kind of say this, and we're a big, you know, Matthews gushing podcast, but it's hard not to be this in love with a hockey player. And that being said, another player that definitely deserved it, you mentioned it was Jack Campbell. Definite, definite honorable mentions. Another fan. Whatever, let's call it three stars tonight, baby. Jack Campbell, third star. Come and get your crown, buddy. Very good. Very good. You know something? No soup for you. Come back. One year. Next. Come and get it, baby. And... Again, it's so, so deserved from him. Just the rebound or yeah, the rebounding after tough games and then just playing lights out goaltending. I think uh, the Leafs have only given up one goal in like four of their last five games or something crazy like that. Like he's just been fan fantastic. This team, man, they, if Campbell is going to play like this, the sky is the limit. Now, with that win, our lovely Leafs moved to 33-13-5, and 71 points in 51 games, so they are 20 games over 500, absolutely crushing it. The Edmonton Oilers are playing Calgary right now, so they are at 60 points in 48 games. So even with a win, they're still nine points back of the Leafs. First place is, is signed, sealed, and delivered. The only battle going on in this division right now is between the Jets and the Canadians. As funny as it is that the Habs were free-falling, like, two days ago, they're actually only two points back of Winnipeg with six games left. So depending on how Montreal fares against us in those big three games against us, it it's possible we see Winnipeg in the first round, which sounds absolutely tasty. Yeah, either of those teams would be absolutely delicious first round opponents for the Leafs. 
especially with the way they've been playing lately, like the Jeps and Habs going on this slide, you know, they're not going to be coming in with a lot of confidence. They're going to be doubting themselves maybe. And the, the Leafs just absolutely flying all season, just been hammered down, pedal to the metal, just come in and just absolutely crush one of those teams. Hmm. Would that be a fun, fun time for us Leaf fans? Chef's kiss, baby. Chef's kiss. We, uh, yeah, we are in the driver's seat in either one of those. But if Winnipeg's going to keep free falling, if they if they ride this streak into the playoffs and like they they've lost six straight regulation games right now, they have six to go. If they lose something like five out of their next six to to fall into that last place spot, like. They are going to be a wounded animal. They'll probably try and play it tough for that first game and then go cry to their media for a, after we beat them 6 nothing or something. Honestly, like, yeah, you, you, you said it best. You can't really go wrong with each. It's Either one is a team that the Leafs have zero excuse to lose to. So it's, it's, it's still going to be interesting to watch down the stretch here, though. Yeah, it keeps, you know, a little bit of scoreboard watching. If, you know, maybe the Leafs aren't playing on a night, so it gives you a reason to throw some hockey on. But, yeah, so we'll see uh, which of those teams can, uh, you know, maybe win two out of their remaining games and squeak into that third spot. But uh, that about does it here tonight on the Buds All Day podcast. Um, So if you guys do enjoy the podcast, please remember, like, subscribe, uh, throw us a review on any or on where you are um, viewing the podcast. That helps us out a ton. Also, check out our Twitter and YouTube pages. Throw us a like, throw us a follow. Uh, That would mean a lot to us. And, uh, yeah, have a good night, everyone. What's up,